You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I have some good ramble. All right, Tyler. Do you? I've been holding on to it since last week. Lay What's it on us. It's been okay. I have fine. a yeah. fucking all points bulletin for you and you and maybe Cricket. An all points bulletin? Yeah. What does hey, that mean? Hey, Cricket, stop staring out the window. Get get involved in this. Cricket's, Come here. Cricket's the snow alarm. She's going to start. <laughs> yeah. She's going to start beeping as when soon she as starts meowing. As soon as inclement weather hits. <laughs> uh, I have an article posted last week. And yeah. For last week, I mean January 9th for our listeners. Uh, from the National Post, which as far as I know is a credible journalistic outlet from Canada. Uh, and this headline is. Australian birds have weaponized fire because that's what we really need to worry about right now. When you say weaponized fire, I'm imagining birds with flamethrowers and little goggles. Are they are they like dropping burning twigs? I want to read a couple paragraphs to you, not the whole thing, but okay, just no, a little is, bit for this due is diligence. A, wait, 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 wait. This is Australia. This is Australia. What birds specifically? Dick Euson thought he had the fire beat. It was stuck on one side of a highway deep in the Australian outback but it didn't look set to jump. And then suddenly, without warning or obvious cause, it did. Yusin, a veteran firefighter in the Northern Territory, set off after the new flames. He found them, put them out, then looked up into the sky. What he saw sounds like something out of a fairy tale or dark myth. A whistling kite, wings spread, held a burning twig in its talons. It flew about 20 meters ahead of Yusin and dropped the emperor into the brittle grass, and the fire kicked off once again. All told, that day, Yusin put out seven new flare-ups, according to a research paper published recently in the Journal of Ethnobiology. All of them, he claims, were caused by birds and their burning sticks. What? Okay, hold on. What's more, the paper argues the birds might well be doing it on purpose. <laughs> so, okay. So I, w- I would like to speculate Please. as to their purpose. Yeah. Uh, there's an innocent explanation. Sure. Where they're just trying to smoke out their prey. Yeah, that's probably it. I, I wouldn't blame them for that because that's, that's still weaponizing. Though. Right. It is, but it's not. But when you read it, that's I thought it. Learning. I assumed they were weaponizing it against us. Right. <laughs> and there is a big difference between. This bird wants to like wants to smoke a mouse family out of its home, uh-huh. and this bird is is like dropping burning <laughs> twigs onto your house made of dry pencil shavings. Gordy, I would like to posit that you saying birds uh, smoking out their prey and using fire against us are not mutually exclusive statements. Exactly. Yeah, and that and that is. What, yeah, when I say prey, I mean sort of conventional bird, sure. conventional bird prey. Your mice, your moles, your rabbits. Yeah, some uh, snacks. Maybe some snacks. Fucking bird trail mix. Some bats, maybe. Maybe, maybe a little bats. bit of bat. Um, bats don't like fire. As far foxes, as I know. spiders. <laughs> whatever. Similar on the scale there. Whatever birds may eat. Like, yeah, you can, like, burn them out. We do it, right? Yeah. Like, we go dynamite fishing. Sure. We're not supposed to, but we do it. <laughs> so, like, I can't really fault the birds for that. Now, I, I do have a problem with them, like, trying to start fires indoors. Because <laughs> that seems... It's that a step seems, too far. Uh, just very deliberately pointed at us, and there's not a lot of... Like, there's no immediate benefit. Well, my guess is this is like early military training for these birds just to kind of test the 
like how efficient it is to set new fires with burning twigs and then they will be able to establish a strike team. They are definitely clocking our response time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like seven seven new flare-ups in one day. There was another bird circling overhead counting. Taking notes. Yeah, he had a clipboard and one talon. How fast will this man <laughs> undo our dirty deeds? And how many how many will it take before he gives up? Yeah. Like at what point do we get overwhelmed? Or before more men are called? What is this man's breaking point? <laughs> For fires. I mean, that's where it starts. You need to know the individual breaking point of each <laughs> each human being. We gotta, and then sort of gauge our response as a species. We gotta hope that bird mail is kind of slow. Because there's already a bird in Africa, the, the secretary bird, uh-huh. that like hangs out near brush fires. Yeah. Waiting for the things to come out. And then it stomps them to death. And this thing's about as tall as a person. Yeah. <laughs> so like... If that bird gets word that it can either team up with or just start causing fires on its own, it can do us some serious damage. You're talking about vertical integration. <laughs> yeah. That these birds might have just discovered. Um, I, when you said Australia, I yeah. wondered if it was the emus mm-hmm. because we have fought a genuine war with the emus before in Australia. Sure. And we didn't win. <clears throat> Which For be now, you. it's raptors, but they might be in a league. I don't think kites are raptors. Later on, it said something about raptors. Oh, okay. So they're doing it too. Like the dinosaur? Yeah. Winged lizards. Winged lizards like the raptors. Our friends, the raptors, the birds. Yeah. Chris Pratt's friends. <laughs> his, his best friends from that movie that he, that he loved. I only know like the <clears> one <throat> bit. I am wrong. A black-shouldered kite is in fact a raptor. Oh, well, there you go. There you are. Uh, Carmen, you asked how fast bird mail is. Yeah. And I think that we know because we used it for centuries. <laughs> yeah. Sure. We we are pretty... Did, did we have the most efficient bird for bird mail? Perhaps not. They might have given us like the weaker shits <laughs> so we wouldn't know. To slow our evolution. Yeah. What is the best bird for mail? What is like if... if what did we use? Pigeons, mm-hmm. ravens, right? Yeah. In Game of Thrones, anyway. Yeah. If those are like the ones they wanted us to be using, what if that's like kind of your your standard delivery mm-hmm. U.S. Postal Service mail? Yeah. What is? Yeah, that's definitely U.S. What is? What is like the Am- Amazon? Like Amazon drone delivering something or put like shoving it into a cannon and launching it <laughs> onto my doorstep? I mean, the Peregrine Falcon has a a pretty sweet. Horizontal speed at uh, 60 to 90 kilometers an hour, 40 to 56 miles per hour. That's pretty good. I knew they had a good speed going down, <laughs> which yeah. is only which is only a little bit of it right at the end. Yeah, their average diving speed is 200 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that'll deliver a package yeah, to so, your roof. So if mail is down, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that'll <laughs> mail get there just quick. Fling the box through your house. Now for I think the the Gear Falcon at a uh, 68 miles per hour horizontal flying speed is maybe like a, a pretty decent package. But how how long can they possibly do that? Not have for they... very long. All of these are going to be your short range yeah. bird situations. For... This is the United States Postal Service between like within state lines. Like under Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Have birds achieved satellite technology? Like I orbiting mean, satellites? I mean, satellites are basically birds that yeah. we made, right? We made it in their image. <laughs> we did were, it bad. They were created in the image of bird kind and then <laughs> sort of pushed out into space to float around and bounce lasers off of. What I'm asking is if, if well, like, 
it would definitely be faster for them to just like perch on a satellite and drop orbiting the earth and then just plummet <laughs> and drop yeah you you strap a box onto your peregrine falcon <laughs> and then it is 200 miles straight down how fast do you need to go to break atmosphere without dying <laughs> that is that is a consideration and can a bird achieve it <laughs> that, that is a to space you know i don't think it's so much the the speed as it is it is as it is the plating the in, yeah the intense heat is gonna be an issue for for many birds, you know, unless what you wanted was your package and a cooked dinner and and lunch in one order, right? Yeah. Now for your for your long distance packages, like anything overseas, you're gonna want a frigate bird because mm-hmm. uh, they're pretty big, it's aptly named. Yeah, it is. It is pretty well named for this. Uh, they have a distinctive red pouch, which is inflatable, so you could probably like fit something in there. We could fit other birds in there. And they can fly for weeks uninterrupted, sleeping so, for ten second intervals so on the air. So this is <laughs> this is good. a this is an aircraft carrier. Right. <laughs> yeah. You cram smaller birds into its beak and those With other packages. And those yeah. carry your, your you, little you just, packages. You shove your girl falcons on the frigate bird. The frigate bird arri- arrives at its destination. The girl falcons take off at sixty eight miles per hour to <laughs> deliver. So yeah, that's what birds have been doing. And they're spreading the word about fire. Evidently, maybe we should be breeding a better male bird. Is there any is there any chance of a of a bird based male system competing with the postal service again? Uh, the postal service is working its way into the ground, so yeah, probably. <laughs> or or a UPS maybe, or FedEx, whatever's good now. Maybe not UPS, but you could maybe compete with the USPS. So another thing related to like bird organization. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've told you guys about the the crow army. No, that doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> so back in, in the neighborhood where I grew up when I was still living there, kind of late high school or sometime college maybe, mm-hmm. um, a, a huge flock of crows would every weekend land in the morning at the neighbor's house mm-hmm. and they would like line up in ranks with one bird in front of them kind of marching back and forth. And my, my neighbors and I witnessed this several times and it was terrifying. Did they sing Beauty School Dropout to you? <laughs> They, they did not, but it was like a military formation, that the, and the one bird was like the general shouting at them. Mm. So, I mean, we know crows can recognize human faces, and they can also pass information down from generation to generation. So if you like, if you fuck with a crow, not only do they know you, all crows, their hereafter. children know you, and their children's children will know you, um, and crows will avoid a place where a crow has been shot. For generations to come. They just know? Yeah. They, just, they, they tell it to each other? Yeah, they pass that. So crows have folk tales. Yeah. <laughs> About have, dying. They yeah. have something, and it's it's disconcerting at best. I don't know why, but it's I just thought of a, a threat that birds would make to us, and it just sounded really intense in my brain, but that they would burn us so bad not even a crow would recognize us. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good threat. Uh, that's the main character for the movie. I think I think Alfred Hitchcock like missed out because he went for like volume of bird yeah, and not not cunning of bird. Yeah, not and just a few select birds. See, that's that's scarier to me. Yeah, bird is strike a, force is a couple birds that blend in with the others because that's a hard police report to file. <laughs> like it was it was three crows. Like okay, sir, can can you describe them? They were black mm-hmm. and they were crows. <laughs> Can you, could you could you pick them out of a lineup? 
They're the ones with the guns. Are they still around? It's, it's that one with the knife. <laughs> yeah, the end of the birds. That's an easy police report because they're like, yeah, we saw. It's, yeah, it's, it's it was the whole town. Like which uh, which birds was it? It was all of them, officer. <laughs> it was it was all birds. Get the blow torches. <laughs> But if it's only a couple in that pack, we got a John Carpenter these bitches out of the sky. It's like it's like communists in the fifties all over again. You don't know which ones are which. And Tyler this week discovered and shared to our uh, special Patreon only Discord chat. Hint, uh, hint. Yep. That <laughs> Wink. <laughs> a, a meteorologist video. Where I, I don't remember where that was from. It but was somewhere on Twitter. Yeah. Well, um, no, I mean like where the there's no the world outside. It's just Twitter. <laughs> And uh, and the report is interrupted by a bird very carefully examining upside down the camera that's set out to to monitor the weather conditions. So the birds are also learning about our surveillance technology. I think that they can see us through it. (laughs) I don't know how, but I just have a hunch. You think birds were gifted with with sort of the reverse technology? Yeah. Because they can look at... They can look at whoever's watching the video. (laughs) So whenever you see a bird, whenever you see a bird on video and it looks into the camera, it can't see you. (laughs) It can't see you. It is is forged that spirit link. It doesn't know, like, it doesn't matter if that video was filmed three years ago and you're watching it on YouTube from the comfort of your own home. That bird sees you right now. Because... Because that's the other thing. Birds have future sight. Don't know if you knew that. That's why they know which kings to make the kings and what babies to pull out of the well.